Well, hello there, Chapel of Change. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today about the goodness of God, the goodness of God. You know, in church, we like to say God is good and people will respond all the time. And then the person up here will say all the time and the congregation will say God is good. And oftentimes I wonder, I wonder uh, if, if, uh, if people really believe that. I, I, I wonder if, if there are times when, uh, do we secretly wonder if God is really good? Do we, do we quietly doubt that the goodness of God in our minds is sometimes we like to say it out of habit or because it sounds good or, you know, with something we're supposed to say in church. But I know too that it's also a declaration in the midst of all the bad that God is still good. And so I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 23, verse 6. It's probably the most famous psalm in the Bible. We hear it a lot primarily, I think, uh, from my experience at funerals. Amen. Uh, it seems to bring comfort uh, to people and talks about the Lord. The psalm is, it starts with the words, the Lord, and it ends with the Lord. So I don't have time today to unpack it for you, but the verse, the first verse is the Lord is my shepherd. And so it's giving you a, a metaphor, a picture of the Lord being our shepherd. And then it goes on to say that he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and so forth and so forth. But down in verse six is where I want to focus our attention on today. It says that surely, certainly, Surely, with, without uncertainty, your, God's goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That, my friends, is a promise. That is a promise. Now, if the Lord is your shepherd and you're a believer in Christ, you can claim this promise now. And as you step into 2021, you can continue to believe it and stand on it. I know you're thinking 2020, many people have said it's been a bad year. And for good reason, it's been a, a challenging year. A lot of interruptions and disruptions and a lot of unrealized goals and plans and trips that you were supposed to go to and graduations you were supposed to attend and, and weddings that were supposed to take place. And it's been a challenging, scary, worrisome time. 2020 has been marked with fear and uncertainty and we're about we're about to step into 2021 and you may have some fears and some uncertainty in your heart today if if you're uh, if you're worried about the future and if if your heart uh, begins to well up with anxiety and 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 inside of you because because you know that that your future is uncertain you need to remember verse 6 it says this surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever that's heaven that word and connects today to tomorrow now to the future but I want to talk to you about three simple things about the goodness of God first you don't have to fear your future why because God's goodness is always watching over you I don't have to fear my future because God's goodness is watching over me. Scripture says God's goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Did you know that there's not one second that God has not watched you? He's not been watching over you. The scripture says that God neither sleeps nor slumbers. 
but that he watches over us from heaven. Amen? There's not a moment in your life when God wasn't watching you. He knows every detail of your life. He created the stars in the sky, the trillions and trillions of stars, and he surely cares about you. See, God can pay 100% attention to to you while he's paying 100% attention to everybody else. Why? Because he's God. In fact, he's paying attention to you right now. In fact, God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows the details of your life better than you know the details of your life. Why? Because he's a good God. And the goodness of God is following me all the days of my life. And I know, I know, when we read that, we think, what does that mean? Does, does that mean, when, when, when the Bible says, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life, does that mean that only good things will happen to me? Of course not. Obviously, that's not true. A lot of bad things happen to us. A lot of disappointments happen. In fact, David, the author of this psalm, had so many bad things happen to him, but he wrote this psalm and he said, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. The goodness of God. So when the Bible says that the the goodness of God will follow me all the days of my life, it doesn't mean that only good things will happen to me. When the Bible says that, it means, it means that, it it means that God will ensure that good will come out of everything that happens to me, including the bad things, including the evil things. It means that that is the promise. It means that God will ensure, He'll make sure that good will come out of everything that happens to me. That's good news. That's a promise. So when we say in church or wherever we are that God is good, we're not saying that everything that happens to us is good. We're saying that God is able and always does. He ensures that he turns the bad things and anything that happens to us, the disappointments in life, he ensures that he turns it around for our good. That's what Romans 8.28 says. It says, we know that all things work together for good. It doesn't say that all things are good. It says that all things work together. We know that all things happen that happen to us is working for our good. See, sometimes we want the bad things to stop happening, and that's understandable. But, but sometimes those bad things and evil things that happen to us, God works it for our good. And the scripture says that that promise is only for those who say, who love God and who are called according to his purpose. See, because with God's promises, with every promise is a premise. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. All things do not work together for good for everybody. If you're going in the opposite direction of God and if you're ignoring God's plan, if you're rebelling against the Lord and if you're not trying to live in God's love, I'm sorry to say that all things are not working for good for you. In fact, they're working for bad in your life. This is the promise that God says to those who love him, those who really want to go God's way, those who really want to follow God's purpose. He says, My goodness will follow you all the days of your life. That means no matter what happens to you, the good, the bad, the ups and downs, I can turn it around for good. I will bring good out of it. See, anybody can bring good out of good, but God specializes in bringing good out of bad. Somebody say amen. 
Now, of course, I have to tell you, amen, that when you're in, in the bad times, when you're in the bad times, it's hard to see any good come out of it. You never see the good in the moment. A few months ago, my younger brother passed away. We were close in age. We grew up together. We were close. And when he died, it didn't feel good. It hurt. I couldn't tell you that at that moment that that was good in my life. But I can tell you, in fact, it was bad. It's still bad. I miss him dearly. But God turns the bad around for our good. In fact, I still feel the sting of it. He left a big hole in our heart and in our family. He was a leader. He was a pastor. He was a father, a, a husband, a friend to so many, a coach and a teacher. But a lot of good has come out of it. I can tell you now, three months away, that a lot of good has come out of it. It has brought our family closer. And reflecting back, the takeaway has been that we've learned to trust God more. We've learned to love better and forgive quicker. And we, we begin to think about the brevity of life. And we, we begin to think about eternity and, and what matters. And what matters to God is that we love and that we show mercy to one another. The second thing I want to talk to you today about in that, in that passage, surely goodness and mercy. It's goodness and mercy. God's goodness watches over you, right? It not only watches over you, it protects you. One way that God protects us is his angels. He sends his angels to protect us. Amen? And the Bible says in Psalm 91 that God will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, the Bible says, they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. God's goodness. What does that mean? God's goodness follows me all the days of my life. It means that not everything good, not everything that's good will happen to me. Disappointments and bad things will happen to me. But God, God specializes in turning the bad into good, making good come out of evil. That's what it means when we say that God is good. He helps us to see the good that comes out of evil and comes out of problems and issues. Amen. Not only is God's goodness watching over me, the Bible says that God's grace or God's mercy is working in me. God's mercy is working in me. Now, what's the difference between goodness and mercy? The goodness of God is when God gives me what I don't deserve. He blesses me. There's so many blessings that I receive that you've received that you don't deserve. Amen. I don't deserve all the blessings that I receive in my life. I don't deserve the air that I just breathed. You don't deserve the air that you just breathe. The next heartbeat comes from God. The fact that you just took a heartbeat says that you don't deserve that, that that comes from God. You have no control over that. The fact that we live in a free country, we don't deserve that. We, we have so many blessings that we don't deserve. So God blesses us and gives us his goodness even when we don't deserve it. In fact, he gives me, we never deserve it. God gives me those blessings. Amen. Grace is when God gives me what I don't deserve. Mercy is the exact opposite. Mercy is this. It's when God doesn't give me what I do deserve. All the ways that I've been mean or uh, rude or wrong or times that I've sinned and failed and I've hurt people intentionally, unintentionally. Uh, time, times when I've failed and I've made mistakes and I've been self-centered. 
I deserve punishment for that. I deserve discipline for that. I deserved retribution for that. If God gave me everything that I deserved, I wouldn't be standing here in front of you right now. And if God gave you what you deserved, you wouldn't be taking your next breath. So goodness and mercy. God gives me, goodness means God gives me what I don't deserve. He continues to bless me regardless. God, can, God doesn't give me what I deserve. God says both of these are going to follow me. Mercy is when God gives me what I don't deserve. God, I'm sorry, God doesn't give me what I do deserve. What are the implications of that? Why is this significant to know? Well, I think it conquers your greatest fear. When we know that God's goodness follows us, we know that we have his provision and his protection. That's a fear that people have going into the new year. People have that right now. We know that God is going to have provision and protection over us. That God will give me all kinds of good things in my life. Not only that, but when I know that God's mercy follows me all the days of my life, that means that, that I will have the forgiveness that I need, that he forgives all kinds of sin in my life. And all kinds of bad things and mistakes and failures of my life. That I have forgiveness available to me. That, my friends, is the mercy of God. The mercy, the mercy of God is what we need. Now, why do you think we need mercy? Because we're not perfect. Because we fail. Because we falter. Because we constantly uh, rub each other wrong. And we say things we don't uh, necessarily, that are ne not necessarily kind. We're not we're not perfect, and we need God's mercy. The Bible says in Romans 8 that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, to those who are called according to the Spirit, not the flesh. And so there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So if you're in Christ and the Lord is your shepherd, the Scripture says that, that goodness, God's goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Psalms 103 says this, it lists a number of ways that God shows us his mercy. God loves to show us his mercy. It says, he forgives all my sins. That's mercy. He heals me. That's mercy. He ransoms me from hell. That's mercy. He surrounds me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. That's mercy. He is merciful and tender toward those who don't deserve it. He is slow to get angry and full of kindness and love. And he never bears a grudge. He never, God never holds a grudge against you. That's important for some of you. You're sitting there listening to me and you don't believe that. You think that you did something bad a long time ago or just last week and that God is still trying to get even with you. I have good news for you. Anything that bad that's happened to you, you think God will try to get even with you. I have good news for you. God has mercy for you. He never bears a grudge. He remains, he, nor does he remain angry forever. He has not punished us as we deserve for all our sins. For his mercy toward those who fear and honor him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins far from us as the east is from the west. He is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic to those who reverence him. For he knows that we are but dust and that our days are few and brief like grass, like flowers, blown by the wind and gone forever. 
God follows you with his goodness. He gives you all the good things that you don't deserve. And his mercy follows you as well. That means he doesn't give you the punishment that you deserve. Now, because of God's mercy that follows you every day, it means that you can come to God with all your problems, with all your your screw-ups, your hang-ups, your mess-ups, your hurts, your pain, your failure, your sin. Because of God's mercy, we can come to him and that it is constantly, that his mercy constantly follows us. It is available to us. There's never, ever a time when God runs out of mercy for us. You don't ever have to be afraid that you're going to run God out of his mercy. You can always come back and repent and turn to the Lord and he will show mercy to you. That takes away the fear that we don't have to carry guilt and shame and worry in our heart. God's mercy, which is another word for love, God's love and God's grace, right, is working inside of us. Let me just say this regarding habitual sins. Sometimes we, um, we struggle with habitual sins. Now, what are habitual sins? These are sins that we constantly stumble over over and over again. We stumble over these sins all the time. Um, I've got them. You've got them. Everybody has them. Now, if you have a problem with anger, for example, you tend to lose your temper over and over. You tend to, or, or you tend to clam up and swallow it and, and you get sick over that anger that you keep down. You're not the kind of person that explodes, but you keep it all in. Or, or you may have a problem with lust. Or, or you may have a problem with jealousy or, or you may have a problem with your mouth or you can't keep your mouth shut. You gossip all the time. You criticize all the time. You slander all the time. And you say things, you, you, you say things, uh, you, you don't mean. And you go and, and, and you say, why did I say that? And you just, you know, you, 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 you stumble over these sins over and over again and you have this area of habitual sin in your life and sometimes you feel guilty and you keep coming back to God with the same sins and you're like God please forgive me I just I just confessed the sin to you last week or yesterday or 10 minutes ago and and here I did it again I blew it again God and I'm coming to you again please forgive me please help me not only do I need your forgiveness I need your power to help me overcome these habitual sins can I tell you today God is never tired of showing you his mercy. So some of you need that. You need this word needs to get into you and it get, needs to get in your spirit because you keep carrying a guilt and shame in your heart. And God is saying to you that my mercy and my goodness follow you all the days of your life. Not just a few days, not just Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday will God's mercy and grace follow you. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're on your own. No, God says all the days of your life. Every moment, every second of every moment of every hour of every day, the Bible says God's goodness and his mercy follow you all the days of your life. And so I want to encourage you today. Lamentations 3, 22, 23 says this. His compassion never ends. It is only the Lord's mercies that have kept us from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. His loving kindness begins afresh each day. God doesn't get tired of hearing you come to him. 
in humility and humbleness and confessing your sins to the Lord and your failures and your frailties and your mistakes. God doesn't get frustrated or bored. and God loves showing you his mercy. So you don't have to feel embarrassed. Just take that, take that burden off of you. Take that pressure. You don't have to feel embarrassed. Just come to God. God's mercies are new every morning. Finally, the scripture says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's glory is waiting for you in heaven. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Circle that word and. That connects the present to the future. You don't have to be afraid of your future. If the Lord is your shepherd and God is your king and you're living in the love of God and you've committed your life to Jesus, you accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, the scripture promises that surely goodness and mercy will follow you all, not some, not most, uh, not part-time, but full-time God's mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life some of you you just need to hear me say that and here's what else the bible says it says and and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever that means you're going to be in heaven forever if you've god is your shepherd and connects the now to the future i don't have to fear death not only do I not have to fear that I won't have what I need because God is my provider. I don't have to fear that I won't get protection because God is my protector. Amen. I don't have to fear death. In that one scripture in verse 6, God basically just conquered all three of your greatest fears. I don't have to fear death because death for the Christian, listen, death for the believer is a transition. It is a transfer to the next life. What makes heaven heaven? What makes it special? What makes it unique? It's because it is the home of God's full glory. God's glory is waiting for you in heaven. Now, If you love and know Jesus and if the Lord is your shepherd, this, is, this life is not the end for you. That's why the scripture said, Paul says, you can weep when someone passes away, when a believer dies. You can weep and cry because you'll miss them in this life. But don't weep as if you don't have hope. Our blessed hope, our blessed assurance is to be in eternity with Christ forevermore. And the Bible says that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That, my friends, is a promise. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to worry. Come what may. Highs and lows, ups and downs, goods and bads. But God says that my goodness, my mercy will fall you all the days of your life and not only that not only that you will dwell in God's house in heaven forever what a promise what a promise so I want to close with this what are you afraid of are you afraid that you won't have what you need and God won't provide all the resources that you ever need listen God will give it to you when you need it. If you're a believer, I want to I want to uh, inject some faith into you by the power of the Holy Spirit and remind you that God is good. He's a good God. 
That he'll turn the bad into good. It doesn't mean that all good, all, everything will, that happens to you will be good, but that God specializes in it, in turning bad into good and bringing good out of bad, being good out of evil, that, because that's just the kind of God we serve. Say amen. amen. Secondly, the mercy of God is working inside of you. You have the promise of his pardon, of his forgiveness. You don't have to carry around your sin, your guilt, your shame. You can't pay for your sin. Only Jesus can pay for your sin. The blood of Jesus on the cross when he died for us, paid for our sin. And finally, God's glory is waiting for us in heaven. What a promise. What a promise. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear anything. Because that is the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, let me pray for you as you're sitting there in the comfort of your home or in your car or at a park or wherever you're listening to this message. I want to encourage you today. Some of you have been watching our online services and, and you've, not, you've not made that decision. You've not crossed that line. You have not said yes to Jesus. You've learned, you've heard the messages and they've, they've blessed you and, and, you, and you know it's right and you're saying amen in your spirit, but, but you've not committed your life to Christ. And I, I think today is a good day to do that. In fact, let me lead you in a prayer. If that's you, I want you to say this. In fact, if you've fallen away from the Lord and you've backslid and you're, you feel so far, listen, it just takes a prayer to come right back, a prayer of humility and sincerity. And true repentance. And so I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you with a humble heart. Everything has been going bad for me. Maybe things have been going bad for bad for me or good. But no matter what happens, I know that I need to commit my life to you. I understand that we're all sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of God's standard. And so I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart. I repent of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me from my sins with the blood of Jesus. I commit my heart to you. I receive you into my heart. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior now and forevermore. And now for those of you who, have, who are born again believers and you have this hope, and maybe you're discouraged today, I want to pray for you as well. Father, I thank you for those who are listening through this uh, media uh, avenue, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will encourage the heart of the saints. Lord, strengthen them, Lord, that they will not look around them at all the issues and the problems. Remind them that, that your goodness follows them. Lord, that you can bring good out of bad. You specialize in that. That is who you are. That you watch over them and you protect them and you care for them, Lord. But also that your mercy is working inside of them. Teaching them and helping them and gracing them with love so they can love themselves and love others. Father, we pray that you'll encourage the hearts of the saints today. Strengthen them, Lord. I pray that they'll continue to press into the things of your kingdom. I pray that they'll continue to press in and not just barely make it to the end of this year, but, 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 but get to the next year with, with, with victory in their hearts, with, with, with love and hope and joy and mercy and goodness of God in their heart. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.